Welcome to episode number 138 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast for building a global community around process safety, industries handling combustible dust. On the show host, Dr. Chris Cloney, in today's episode, we're talking about dust hazard control for grade truck loadout bays. We're doing that with Matt Williamson, Director of Engineering at ADF Engineering, based just outside of Dayton, Ohio. Matt, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you. Really excited to have Matt on. He has over 30 years experience in process engineering, a lot of experience around dust hazard analysis, around incident investigation, around engineering and design systems and support of companies that are operating in food, feed, bioscience, consumer products, and a number of other industries. We got connected with ADF through some work that they were doing with combustible dust in terms of outreach and education campaigns. And someone from their team said, we really got to have Matt on the podcast to to talk about uh, some different topics. So we got talking about topics, kind of mentioned that the the audience of the podcast, you, the person who's listening, really likes specific end applications. So you got to ask him, what kind of applications have you been working on? And one that uh, that came up in that discussion was this grain truck loadout bays um, and different solutions around hazard control. Uh, so that's what we're going to cover in this episode. We're going to talk about Matt's background a bit, some of the challenges with grain, specifically grain or meal type loadout bays, uh, dust and ignition source control strategies. And we're going to get into hazard area classification and maybe some layout considerations for how, where things should be located in these sort of, uh, these loadout bays. So Matt, I think the best place to start with the interview is just for the audience to give some of your background um, and what role you and your team play in industries handling combustible dust today. Sure. So uh, I've been with ADF now for 13 years. Uh, and as Chris mentions, I have over 30 years of experience. ADF works has worked primarily with uh, the food, feed, biofuel, and pharmaceutical industries, but uh, has in the past several years expanded out into some other industries as well. We first got involved in handling uh, uh, combustible dusts and uh, doing DHAs, that sort of thing, back uh, right right at the beginning of uh, 2015, uh, as we knew that uh, NFPA 652. Uh, was coming out and what was going to be required for that. And uh, as part of that, we recognized that we didn't want to just do DHAs. We also wanted to be able to provide end-to-end services for our clients, uh, which, as I mentioned at the time, is largely in the, the food, food ingredient and animal feed uh, industry. So um, we partnered up with a lab that uh, can provide uh, testing for combustibility uh, right at the beginning. And we can help our clients with uh, determining where they should be sampling, how much they need to sample, and what testing they need to get done. Then we take them through the DHA process itself, for which we've developed really our own templates for that. And uh, then, of course, as an engineering firm, uh, our real interest is in helping with the engineering design of those implementation strategies. So we don't want to just stop at the DHA. We want to help you design the fixes for the recommendations that are are called out during the DHA. And of course, we have uh, construction firms that we've partnered with. uh, So we can take you right into the actual installation uh, of the the strategies, the the designs that, uh, that we've implemented. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And really, I enjoy talking to folks that do all the different roles. I mean, there's lots of companies that provide, you know, just a, a really good hazard assessment, a really good compliance audit. But 
on the podcast, we also like to talk to folks that do that whole kind of sweet breakdown from, you know, sampling, selecting what dust to test from where to be representative of what conditions through to doing your hazard analysis, uh, making recommendations, and then, you know, hopefully not leaving that hazard analysis on the shelf and, and not starting to implement some of those recommendations. So I'm happy to hear that you and your company have a real focus on the engineering, the design, the installation as well, and hopefully even ongoing support and maintenance as well. When we talked about specific applications, the one that we kind of came across was this grain loadout or you know processed grain loadout, meal loadout. I want to go kind of high level and then zoom into control strategies. So what are some of the challenges that come out with these sort of you know grain loadout bays, or maybe even describe what a grain loadout bay is to the the audience member that might not know? We'll talk about what some of the challenges are that come up with that. The way this is typically done uh, in the grain industry, and as Chris has mentioned, uh, things like uh, soybean meal or um, distillers grains that uh, are produced uh, as a byproduct of the ethanol industry uh, and even whole grains are generally loaded into open top trucks uh, that are, as they go down the highway, these trucks will be covered with a tarp. And across the top of this will be tarp stays, which are just little support uh, beams that run across the top of the truck. They extend upward a little bit uh, to make a bit of an arch uh, as the tarp is held over the truck. Well, when the truck goes into the loadout bay, uh, they will be filled from above from one or more spouts uh, that are usually will extend uh, down from uh, equipment in, up in the roof area, which are usually drag conveyors, but uh, can be bins located above the roof as well. And one of the problems that you run into is that these tarp stays keep the spouts from being able to get down into the truck. So the material tends to fall a considerable distance uh, as it's filling the truck. and. Um, Furthermore, one of the main controls, uh, as we'll be discussing later, I'm sure, uh, for this type of system is to put a hood uh, that extends over the entire length of the, the truck itself. And of course, the closer you can get that hood to the truck, the better you can seal it off and the less air that you'll need to properly aspirate the hood or the truck. And uh, because of those tarp stays, you can't extend it all the way down into the truck. So that's one of the big issues that you run into. The other problem, of course, is that these things generate uh, some fairly significant clouds of dust, and there are ignition sources all around uh, these truck loadout bays, not the least of which is the cab of the truck itself, which if you leave the engine running, there's a, there's a, a major combustion source right there in the truck loadout bay. And even if you've shut the truck off, you've still got the exhaust pipes that are sticking up and back right into the area where you're loading out, where the dust cloud is. And the, the exhaust pipes can reach 1200 degrees Fahrenheit, more than enough uh, to serve as an ignition source for a dust cloud, right where you're making these dust clouds. And if that's not bad enough, then you've got uh, electrical in the area, you're generating static with these things. The trucks themselves uh, can carry a static charge. And uh, then you've got horse brush static coming down from, from loading out and falling material through spouts. 
So that's the main problem is it's very, very hard to aspirate these trucks. What makes it worse is sometimes these trucks are not always the same size. So you'll have some long trucks, some short trucks, and you can't design a hood to be able to handle different sizes of trucks. Yeah, I mean, in terms of kind of summarizing the challenges, there's two main categories. And then the hood design sort of another issue with different size trucks. But, you know, you talked about the grain loadout as being a bucket elevator, other type of conveyance system that's going to load out into these spouts um, and, then, and then fill the truck below. So during that filling operation, the spout doesn't go the whole way into the truck and you get this sort of drop of, you know, approximately the side length of the truck, side height of the truck or higher. And that can cause a dust cloud. And I think uh, on the ADF website, there's actually a couple of maybe case studies that have some really nice pictures of this where you can see the cloud sort of enveloping the upper half of the truck um, as this grain is being unloaded. So that's like challenge number one is that you have dust in the area. Challenge number two is that you have ignition sources. So the truck itself, like you said, the engine component, um, if it's running, but even if it's turned off, the hot surfaces that you have, the tailpipes, um, maybe other um, you know parts of the truck that would be running hot, um, electrostatic discharge between operators and trucks, electrostatic discharge between the machinery it's using to load it, um, electrical equipment. And I think that really kind of you know summarizes the two main sides of the challenge. You know, we'd like to remove the dust, so have some dust control strategies, and then we'd like to also have some ignition source control strategies. That's really where the thought process came between dividing these out for at least this kind of case study that we're doing here today. And one of those dust control strategies being hoods, which I think we'll get into. So maybe we'll jump right in there. Um, what you know, what kind of dust control strategies can be used to avoid that big dust cloud getting out? The one envelops the truck, but two also fills the rest of the area with dust that's going to settle out and have future dust issues as well. How do, how do, practically speaking, companies go about controlling that dust? Well, there are primarily two ways uh, they're used, and we've already mentioned hoods. So that is the most common. And these hoods uh, may be stationary uh, with flaps, uh, flexible uh, plastic flaps that come down on the side that help seal up that hood to the truck, and the truck drives right through the flaps. Uh, but more commonly, you'll see indexing hoods. So the hoods themselves uh, will retract up into the ceiling area of the loadout bay as the truck pulls in, then they lower as close as you can get them down to the truck. As we've mentioned, the, the difficulty is that not every truck is, is always the same size, but um, you, you generally design these hoods to fill the largest uh, truck that you're going to load. The most important thing to realize, though, is uh, that you, need, you may need multiple spouts running right, the spouts run right through the hood. And um, you may need multiple spouts to be, able to, to be able to fill a truck. There may be multiple compartments in a truck or just to be able to fill from the front end to the back end. In many systems, you'll see uh, places where they have to, they only have one spout and they have to move the truck to be able to fill all the compartments or all the, the spaces of the truck. When you do that, it is impossible to uh, aspirate the entire length of the truck because you cannot have the, the truck exhaust under the hood. Uh, and that just would create an even bigger problem. And so that means when you're moving the truck, you've got parts of the truck that are outside the hood or parts of the hood that aren't covering a truck, leaving huge spaces and large gaps. 
And the amount of air required to aspirate through a hood has to do with the gap uh, between the hood and the truck body itself. And you need to be able to maintain 250 to 500 feet a minute of airflow, which means you get some very, very large dust collectors, uh, 30, 40,000 CFM type uh, dust collectors, huge, huge dust collectors that uh, are often seen right outside of the truck loadout building. Of course, those need to be located outside. They're often too big to be able to support from the roof. So it's important that uh, for the best dust aspiration design, that you design a system for stationary truck loading. You don't want to have to move that truck uh, because if you do, it's practically impossible. So hoods work best when you have stationary truck filling, which may mean you have multiple spouts to fill the length of the truck. And of course, that's even more challenging when you're dealing with trucks of different sizes. The other method uh, besides hoods that is also very common and works very, very well under certain circumstances uh, are dustless spouts. Uh, there are, there's a design of, uh, of an indexing spout where there's an aspiration uh, draw on the annulus around uh, the spout, which is usually something like a stacked cups that allow the, the entire thing to index up and down. Those work very nice. Uh, those are not completely dustless. Ones that are, are the, uh, the so-called dust suppression hoppers that uh, have found certain, they have found certain niches uh, in, in the grain industry. They are used very, very commonly with uh, distillers grains out of ethanol facilities. They work very well when the bulk density of the material that you are loading out is consistent. They're designed for a very specific density. And if your material varies outside of the range of the design of these things, then the, they really, they, they cease working. But when they do work, when the, when the bulk density is consistent, they work beautifully. Uh, and of course, there's, there's no substitute for daily housekeeping. So, uh, these truck loadout bays uh, tend to get very, very coated, very messy with uh, fugitive dust that uh, is layering uh, up in the rafters, up above the hood. It will accumulate on top of the hood. Uh, it, it gets all over the place. So it's, it's very difficult to clean these facilities. There are a lot of high places that need to be reached, uh, but that needs to be done on a regular basis. Yeah, and I want to kind of cycle through a couple of these. So we mentioned hoods as being an option, um, dustless spouts or dust suppression hoppers, and then housekeeping, and they're kind of related, right? The, yes. The better performing dustless spout and or hood that you're using, um, the less fugitive dust cleanup you need to do at the end of the day to remove that kind of dust that's building up around the truck. I was able to find this um, kind of case study that, that your team put together, effective dust control for grain, meal, grain and meal truck loadout, just so the, the audience can kind of see these images of the the grain loading into the truck, you see all the dust and then the different options. Cycling back to the hood, I, I just want to kind of describe this for, for folks that maybe aren't familiar with this type of process because it's kind of different. I mean, the design concepts are similar to a hood that you might see inside a processing operation, but it's, it's a little bit different. Like, like this would be kind of you know plastic that drapes over the truck to make what would be a very large hood that would go over the truck. Is that, I don't know, I can't think of a better way to describe that. You may have a better one. 
some type of conveyor generally runs atop, across the top of the hood that uh, will fill each spout. The spouts go down into the hood, which is generally a large metal pan that uh, indexes up and down. And this, this pan, it has edges that uh, run down several feet uh, from the edges of that pan that extends up and down. And hanging from those edges will be plastic curtains, is how I would describe. So uh, a series of plastic curtains that run the length. Uh, the purpose of those curtains is that uh, the, the truck exhaust pipes, uh, the high ends of the, especially the front end of the truck, will be driving right through that. And uh, if you, know, you can't do anything more rigid than that without, uh, without having damage from the truck. So the truck needs to be able to pass through that. And then it generally you'll bring it down as far as you can uh, before you hit the tarp stays uh, at the top of the, the truck itself. So usually when it's settled down, the hood uh, sits just below the exhaust uh, pipe of the, uh, up at the cab of the truck. And the purpose of the, the or the importance of the, the plastic curtains around the hood is to provide uh, a little more seal so that, uh, and they're not a perfect seal, you end up with a gap between the truck and the curtain because you can never really be perfect uh, with that dimension. And it's that gap that you design your, uh, the volume of air that you're pulling up through the hood to a dust collector that sits outside the loadout bay. Yeah, that's what I was kind of trying to get a, a, across in that description. Uh, one, people listening to this as an audio podcast, so describing what it looks like visually is helpful. But those curtains then, if they don't set, you know, ideally we'd have them connected directly to the truck and there'd be no air between the truck and the curtains. But because the truck might be different sizes, slightly different shapes, you're going to have some leakage there. And that's really going to govern then how much air you need to have in your collection system in order to have, have that capture velocity actually be effective in, in controlling the dust. Um, you mentioned a couple of key things. I don't want to make sure you get lost in the details. You might be tempted to say, okay, well, you need one spoke, but the challenge with that is then you're only loading one part of the truck. So then you'd sort of need the truck to move while the spoke's filling it in order to fill the whole truck. And then that's going to have a challenge with the curtain sitting against the truck, and you're going to need uh, unpractically large airflow in order to be able to capture that. So you're you're talking about well then you really want to be looking at multiple hoods in a stationary truck loading as the um, optimal design in order to be able to do this because um, you can't get the exhaust system inside the inside the the curtains because that's not going to work well. Um, you also want the curtains to be as close to the truck as possible, and you also want to be able to fill it um, as evenly as possible so that uh, it can be filled properly. Anything I missed there on sort of that hood design? Any tips? Anything else that you've seen come up that uh, folks might be interested in? Yeah, I mean, the key thing, uh, generally, you don't want to have multiple hoods. Uh, you want to have one large uh, hood or the one big metal pan that's going to fit. It typically would fit the largest or the longest truck that you would anticipate. Usually the trucks are about the same width, but some are longer than others. So uh, if you've got a short truck in there, you may not be running uh, the, the spout at, uh, at one end, 
uh, at the tail end of the truck, but you've also got a fairly large open area. And those trucks are not aspirated as effectively as a larger truck would be because you've got a smaller gap between the truck and the hood. That makes sense. And so and then the dustless spout is sort of a, a different type of technology. And as you were sort of saying, these these work really well when you can get a design that works. I mean, the goal is to get, you know, laminar flow of that that uh, powder or that, that grain um, moving down so you don't have disturbances which are kicking the dust up. And when they work really well, like in your um, in the case study that we have here, that we'll share, it's really nice because you see this nice laminar flow. You see the dust isn't kicking off the the stream. Um, but as you were sort of saying, they really need to be designed for the specific material and the specific flow velocities that you'd be looking at. And they may not really work. You know, one design is not going to work for another type of material. So if you are loading multiple different types of grain, it might not be a possibility. Um, and if you're loading maybe stickier. <clears throat> grain that's different bulk densities or something like that then you may have challenges as well anything else with those sort of dustless spouts or the uh the dust suppression hoppers well you've got exactly the right idea it, they are not designed to be flexible uh they are designed for a specific material and they work very well as long as you run that specific material and the way they work is they're using the the flow of the bulk powder dust to uh, draw back the, they've got a, a deflection inside the, the, the tip of the, of the spout that draws back the dust and re-entrains it into the main bulk stream. So that it comes out, as, as, you, as you've said, very, very laminar, laminar uh, very, very clean, and you don't see the clouds after, after filling with these things. So, they work great uh, for specific applications, but they are not meant for universal application. Perfect. So I think we got, and then housekeeping, which I think we'll probably circle back around on, is is the other thing. No matter what level of dust you're cleaning, you're creating through this process, it's going to be less if you're using some of this technology. But you also need to make sure it's under safe levels. So I don't know what it is. It's probably something like daily cleanup if you're not using anything or even even more frequent than that um and you know some frequency less than that weekly or multiple daily or multiple monthly i don't know but you're going to be cleaning up less to meet those threshold criteria where you need to be cleaning up for housekeeping i would like to get some of your input on the housekeeping like what are are there any thoughts or best practices i know it's probably a whole separate topic on podcast um housekeeping and housekeeping for grain truck and loaders but any sort of things that just have come up time and time again through your experience that you wish folks knew and this will make sure they get out to the folks that are listening to this today? Well, some of the housekeeping uh, issues that are most challenging are when you're dealing with fairly sticky, tacky materials. There are some grain products, uh, particularly corn gluten meal uh, comes to mind that uh, is, is very tacky. And when it gets onto areas and it's not cleaned off promptly if it's allowed to to settle and dry out on the walls and the rafters it will set like like concrete and it's very very difficult then to you're literally scraping uh, to try and get that material off but in these loadout bays you're dealing with very high facilities they're uh, you're driving a truck through this facility so the the roof, the rafters are, are 
20 feet plus up in the air. And uh, it can be very hard to get up into that area for proper cleaning. And of course, one thing you never wanna do is try to use air for cleaning. You need to use vacuum where you can, or what I typically see more often now is, is literally water washing, but water does not, water is not compatible with every powder out there. Uh, if you're loading starch, you don't want uh, you don't want to be cleaning it with water. Okay, so I mean that gives a good coverage of the different dust control strategies. Let's flip over to the other side. You know, what kind of ignition source control strategies are typically used in these sort of um, scenarios? Yes, first and foremost, uh, turn off the truck engine. Uh, don't leave the truck running. And I know there's there's temptation when it's a cold winter day. Uh, the truck driver they like to sit in their truck. And they'll sit in there with the with the truck running, uh, keeping themselves warm. They need to get out of this area. They shouldn't be sitting in their truck and they shouldn't be running the engine when you're loading out a combustible material. It's just not safe. You might consider grounding the truck uh, if you're dealing with a material that has a very low ignition energy. The biggest problem that, uh, that we run into, of course, is electrical area classification. So in older facilities, you go in, you find there are general purpose, there's general purpose lighting. Uh, you'll even see bug zappers uh, hanging on the walls in some older facilities and uh, where they didn't give consideration that, hey, this is an electrically hazardous area uh, and you can't have that type of equipment. So it's often very expensive to retrofit some of these older facilities when they've built general purpose electrical components, uh, but it really needs to be, um, in NEC terms, it needs to be class two, group G for grains typically, uh, division one in the area around the truck itself, which means you're dealing with, with dust ignition proof equipment. Uh, and that's within 20 feet of where you're filling the truck, the truck hoods themselves. You go out another, another 10 feet or so, and you're, and you're in Division 2, where you're dealing with dust tight. So uh, one thing you'll also see commonly in these truck loadout bays is a little control room where they'll have a, a ticket printer and they'll, a computer, and they'll print off uh, a bill of lading or a, a weight ticket to say, hey, you, you you're you're on a scale, so here's the here's your weight before and after your tear weight, and they'll print these things off for the driver, but that that is not electrically rated equipment. So the control rooms uh, need to be segregated from the actual loadout bay with self-sealing doors. Uh, often you'll see a window looking out into the truck bay, and that's okay, uh, but it cannot be open. Uh, so that uh, those control rooms need to be separate. And that might even provide more incentive for the driver to get out of the truck. <laughs> if they're all right there, then you know, it, having it segregated, having an area where they could go and be while it's filling is probably maybe a best practice that might be helpful as well. Yeah, that's important. And you know, that provides kind of a separate facility. You want to have a lounge or a, a, a restroom, a place for the, the drivers to go outside of that, outside of that truck bay. Uh, the other thing to consider, uh, generally these things are, uh, these truck loadout buildings are under roof. Very rarely do you see them outside because you've got an open top truck exposed to the weather. But um, 
to avoid the, the issue of containment, uh, it is also fairly common to see now the roll-up doors where the trucks drive through on either end of the loadout bay uh, are generally uh, left open. And that, uh, that helps reduce the, uh, the containment issue so you can't build up a pressure uh, within the building if uh, the bay doors are open at either end. And that's generally a best practice now, although there are times on very windy days where that can be problematic. Uh, but typically you see now uh, that facilities will keep those bay doors open. Yeah, it makes sense. I want to kind of go back to the hazard area classification stuff that you mentioned. So you mentioned that really you're looking at um, class two, group two, div one. I think I got that correct. And you're looking from 20 feet from the truck. Is there a way to minimize that if you're starting to use some of these hood capture principles or the, the dustless spouts? Um, how can you kind of combine these strategies together in order to to come up with a safe and effective solution? Well, housekeeping, of course, is very, very important. But uh, the best, or the most important thing to realize is there, it's an open system and there's really no practical way to get away from the, uh, the hazardous area classification in the immediate vicinity of the truck itself. But if you have equipment that needs to go in that truck bay for whatever reason, uh, but you can't get that electrically rated. Uh, if you back far enough, if, you're, if your truck bay is long enough, uh, there are parts of the extreme ends of the bay where you may be out of that electrical, uh, that hazardous rating. Generally, you want to be more than 30 feet from the truck. Housekeeping is the best thing, of course, you can do. How would a company come up with its housekeeping program? Like, Thing and just we already talked about you know some safe ways to do cleaning so you, you need to avoid air blowdown um if you're doing that then you know pretty much ignore everything we talked about in this podcast episode because the whole point was to get rid of the dust cloud in the first place um not generate it um so you need to avoid that uh you talked about some other solutions in terms of vacuuming and wash down how would a company go about figuring out how frequently they do need to do that given whatever scenario that they're using for their their grade um, load up bay. Is there some, or some rules of thumb that you use or how do you figure that out with your clients? Well, typically you're looking, so with truck load out, you generally are not loading out uh, continuously 24 seven. There's, there's generally some time in between, uh, between trucks uh, or at the end of a shift where there'll be a pause in the number of trucks. So some facilities, they may have multiple truck bays and they're going truck to truck to truck and they're going through there all the time. You can't have your people in there doing the cleaning while you're filling the trucks. Uh, so if you're over in the in one bay and they're filling a truck in the other bay, uh, that's, that's still not safe. So you need to wait for those pauses. Um, and generally, you need to look at how long of a period of time does it take to clean out the bay? Uh, when do you have those times available? And how much accumulation do you typically get uh, during the course of filling these trucks? So you want to keep that to something less than, say, an eighth inch of accumulation. Uh, and if you can do that uh, by cleaning once a shift, you just make that part of your your uh, loadout routine where an hour every shift 
Uh, you don't bring any any new trucks in. You do a clean out of, of the loadout bay before you bring in the next truck. Perfect. Now that that's some good information for a company that's looking to try to figure that out. Sort of. I think the last question I have on this is we we talked a lot about truck loadout. I know there's a couple different. You could have like a rail loadout. Maybe those are the only two. But if you have if you have a different type of well, let's use the example of rail loadout. If you're running a rail loadout for your grain instead of a truck loadout. And you can tell me if that's something that would normally happen. You know, are there some differences or things that you might need to be looking at differently for, for that type of system? Yeah, with rail loadout, it's generally not, not as problematic uh, because with rail, uh, you don't see those open tops. I mean, you'll see coal certainly loaded that way in an open top uh, rail, but that's large, large pieces of coal. You don't see the coal dust loaded out that way. Typically with rail, they are enclosed hopper cars with a hatch on top and the spouts often can come right down uh, to or even a little bit into the hatch. Uh, you don't have that large open area, typically like you see above a truck. Uh, so uh, it's not as tricky, uh, not as challenging. You don't see hoods being built over rail loadout. Uh, so it's really just a matter of directing the spout and more commonly with rail loadout, you'll see the, the, uh, aspirated spouts, the ones where around the annulus, around the, the center spout, you have, uh, dust, dust collection being pulled. Uh, and those work quite well, typically in, uh, in rail loadout. That makes sense. Um, well, that's all for today. I appreciate you going through this topic of grain truck loadout, any any last comments that you want to leave the audience with um, in terms of combustible dust safety or in terms of grain handling or this topic of truck loadout? Any last uh, last words to close up on? Um, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing to, to recognize is this, the safest way to uh, load out the uh, trucks, especially when you're dealing with different sizes of trucks, is make sure that you're trying to design for stationary filling of the truck. Uh, if you are in a facility where you need to move your truck back and forth, uh, often you're, you're probably better off not trying to do that in a truck loadout building. You might want to go ahead and take that outside because you're, you're creating all of the ingredients necessary for a combustible dust explosion. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a great place to leave off on. Um, I do want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast, Matt. Um, and thank you for the work that, that, uh, that ADF does um, and the work that you do as well not only on the, you know, consulting, engineering, design, dust hazard analysis work, but also for the education uh, work that you do and, and for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Matt Williamson, Director of Engineering at ADF Engineering, uh, based just outside of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, we've been talking about dust hazard control for grain truck loadout bays. So I mentioned the sort of outset in the introduction this was a really specific application, and we thought it'd be really interesting for the audience just to kind of walk through it soup to nuts. What are the things you need to consider? What are the things you need to look out for? And what are some of the control strategies they can use? So we, we talked through, you know, what is a grain truck loadout bay? What does it look like? And some of the, you know, unique parts of having a truck. So you have an open top truck. It's got this um, fabric that goes over top. It has these, I want to call them fabric ties, but I, I may have that wording slightly off but uh, that need to be loaded with the grain or the meal or the stuff that you're processing in the facility. And if just done at the end of the conveying line, without any thought to the engineering 
considerations, this can be a pretty messy process. You have grain that might be dropping 10 or 15 feet into the truck bed. Um, this can cause a large cloud to envelop the upper half of the truck, envelop the truck, envelop the, the folks in the nearby vicinity. It also causes that dust then to waft into the higher parts of the facility and also settle around equipment. So it can be a pretty messy process if you don't do anything at all. And we talked about some of the dust control strategies, including hoods, um, dustless spouts or dust suppression offers, and just good old housekeeping, cleaning the dust up. Um, there's a lot of really good points made, so I'll talk each one of these separately. So hoods, really at the end of the day, and Matt closed it on at the end, you want to be looking at a system where you have truck stationary, the driver not in the, the vicinity. And to do this, you're probably looking at multiple spouts and also looking at designing your hood so it can capture the length of the truck that you're looking at. And sort of accepting the fact that it's going to be bigger than some of the trucks and that you're going to have to go that into your, put that into your design of your actual dust collection system to make sure that you have the conveyance velocities in order to capture that dust. Um, get into it. Otherwise, you're going to end up with it uh, out in other parts of your facility. We talked about dustless spouts, and these are a really good option if they work. But the key is that they're not really that flexible. So if you're loading multiple materials, it's hard to use this type of technology because it really needs to be designed for um, one type of material. Matt gave a couple tips around housekeeping, including you know there's going to be some challenges. You have really sticky material. Just the height's a challenge. You're talking about you know, multiple stories high are these buildings on the inside. They would be big enough for a truck to drive in. Some safe and unsafe solutions that you can use for housekeeping. I also talked about some guidance on how you might be considering designing your housekeeping schedule. Can you fit it into once a day? Can you fit it in? What kind of criteria might you be looking at to design that? And the other key point is you, you can't be cleaning while the trucks are unloading. That's a hazardous area. You have um, dust in the vicinity. You have ignition sources in the vicinity. You want to make sure that you have operators and cleanup crew that aren't there while the trucks are being loaded. So that needs to be scheduled into your, your planned truck unloading schedule. We talked about ignition source control. A couple of quick things on this, turning the truck off, grounding the truck, uh, making sure the driver is, has exited the vehicle and is somewhere else, not in the vicinity. Hazard area classification, some of the building components, lighting, the use of, of bug zappers, the use of fans, the use of other type of you know, equipment that you have around may all come into play here, printers, uh, ticket printers, um, different types of uh, equipment from electrical category that you might need to be looking at, and electrostatic hazards if you have a dust that's uh, highly ignition sensitive. Then we closed out really looking at just some some general tips, some information on hazard area classification, um, some differences between truck loadout and rail unloadout, and just sort of Matt's last words on on this whole system, and also how it should be designed in terms of really making sure the operator the truck driver or other vicinity while they're doing the loading. From a hazard perspective, that's the, the situation where we have all elements of the dust explosion pentagon or the the uh, the dust uh, flash fire square, if you will, as well, or deflagration diamond. And you want to make sure you don't have workers in the vicinity there. So that's it for this episode. I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. We will have a way to contact Matt and to connect with ADF Engineering in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 138 for this episode, 138. Also include a link to this um, effective dust control for grain and meal truck loadout document that ADF uh, created beforehand. Well, actually created much beforehand, but we sort of based this uh, case study on here today. So again, thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate everything you're doing. Interest handling combustible dust. I hope everyone's staying safe out there and keep doing the good work that you're doing, uh, making facilities handling combustible dust and other materials that are combustible safer every day. 